Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. The following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. In an era of online retail where everything is just a few clicks away, buying a car should be no different. That's why at Carvana, you can buy a car 100% online. We made it easy to browse, view, and buy from over 10,000 cars. You can even trade in your old car, all while binge-watching your favorite TV show. Afterwards, we'll deliver your car to you. Or you can pick it up from one of our car vending machines. Either way, your car comes with a seven-day return policy. So grab a seat, relax in your comfy pants, and enjoy the new way to buy a car at Carvana. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Wrestling Sheet Radio. I'm your host, ProWrestlingSheet.com Editor-in-Chief Ryan Satin, here with my co-hosts, Elijah Bates. Good to be back. And Kevin Silva. Wild card rule is getting crazy. <laughs> the man of 1,004 nicknames returns. He, uh... Uh, Jamie had some sort of last minute business meeting, so uh, you got to hot tag in. I'm here. Yeah, <laughs> you, you are here late. He's late. I am sorry, but he's here. Traffic it, is. Oh my god, L.A. traffic guys. Am I right? The worst. <laughs> the worst. All right. Well, let's get <laughs> into that podcast today. <laughs> I, I, I honestly, I feel like this first topic is going to take up a majority of the conversation because it really was the biggest thing in wrestling this week, and that is. John Moxley doing uh, an interview with Chris Jericho, an intense interview, hour yeah. and a half, where 
he had some real problems with his time in, in WWE. Um, you guys both listened to it, right? Yeah. Uh, just overall thoughts on it? Um, he sounds... He sounds like somebody that's excited to be. He legitimately feels, feels sounds like somebody that's free. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't. He. It, I don't know. Just like it, it's night and day from that Stone Cold interview. Yeah. Where everyone was like, God, what a dick. And like now he's just like. Well, you know what he sounds like is, and, and he referenced it as well. He sounds like an artist who's finally ready exactly. to like practice their craft the way that they would prefer. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I think that you know. Obviously, there are he buries WWE for like most of it. Yeah, but, yeah, bury, but uh, buries well, is a really subjective <laughs> word though. Too. I mean, he says the word bury. Yeah, right, he, right, said, right. he yeah. says like with all that aside, let, now we're going to bury the company for the next two hours or yeah. whatever. So I'm, those aren't words I put into yeah. his mouth. Right. Uh, but I agree with you, Kevin, and, and with you, Eli, is that at the end of it. Besides all the, the anti-WWE talk and how he didn't like the creative process, now it needs to change and all that kind of stuff, and we'll get into all that, um, his excitement at the end of the podcast really was the part that I personally enjoyed the most. Yeah. Maybe not the most newsworthy out of all of it, but the part I liked the most because you could genuinely hear uh, happiness and excitement in his voice yeah. when just at the prospect of doing all these things that he's wanted. I feel like his interview validated the way that everybody else felt that requested their release or received their release before that as well. Because, you know, a lot of those people, I think others, you know, the vast majority of wrestling fans might look at somebody like, uh, like, like any of the people that had requested their releases and just being like, well, you're unhappy with your push. You know, you're not getting, you know, the attention you deserve or maybe you don't deserve it. In the case of, of Dean Ambrose, John Moxley, it's like, no, he was a top guy. He was, like, a, he was a star. He was like he was, guy. He was the WWE champion for a period of time. You know, And, and, he, and like, the Shield were touted as like the future of the company. Not only that, but he got like a, a pretty decent send-off for somebody who wasn't re-signing with the oh, company. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I, I don't know if that there was an old school nature, you know, in way they looked at that and that like it was something where they're like, oh, well, he he's serving out the rest of his time. He's putting people over mm, on the way out. It seemed pretty disingenuous to me just based yeah. on the full interview, like at yeah. the end where he talks about like, how little he got paid for it. <laughs> yeah. How they gave him $500 for, for that show, which is like the bare minimum yeah. for talent. Or like what you, get, like, uh, what you give like an extra that he was saying on Raw, which is crazy yeah and especially considering that whole special was built around it being his goodbye um i don't know how uh it 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 seems to me just from listening to this interview uh that they were worried that he would become like a martyr for 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 aew and that like if they just treated him like shit on the way out and they gave him more ammo wherever he went to bury them back and be like look how terrible they are um, so at least this way it looked like, hey, look, we're nice people. We, he did a lot for us. Like, yeah. we look well, good here. Right. I mean, it's it's not exactly sending a, you know, your final papers on, on your on your wedding day or anything. Or was it wedding day yeah. for the same Yeah. Fun? Yeah. yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's like $500 on your on this farewell match extravaganza. <laughs> that's pretty close. <laughs> I, would, I would say it's more just a, pe- just a very petty It's a very move. petty thing for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that seems, that seems to be the nature of the company. Right, right absolutely. It was like, it, it, you could tell it was like, well, if I can't screw him on TV, I'll screw him in some way. And it was like, there you go. Here's just get one little poke. That's all I want is just one little poke at you. You know, it's, you know going back to the idea of, of burying, which, you know, that, that seems to be a wrestling term more than anything, you know, oh, to, yeah. to bury the company or, or you know, another wrestler or something like that. Is it bury? bury he's saying bury. bury. That's I'm, I'm bury, catching bury. it. Like, I mean, bury. Bur- Do you say bury? <laughs> I, hey, it's spelt Burry. It does. But, but it's Barry. 
Like you buried Barry. someone, you got buried. Barry. It's like you're Canadian <laughs> right now. <laughs> it does sound like he's Canadian Apricot. right now. Apricot. <laughs> Again, France. Sorry. Anyways, um, to bury something though, um, no, but but the thing is, like, it, yeah, I guess you could look at it as burying the company, <laughs> but like, sorry, but. He's saying only true things. Like it's it's his objective truth of what oh, he yeah. experienced there. And so like it, I feel like even though he said let's bury the company, I don't feel like it like I mean it wasn't like there was a sense of 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 wanting to be negative. It's like they've driven him to this point and he's just being honest. I agree with you. And I trust that he's being honest in this situation. He also said that exact line in a very funny way when he was like he just got done saying the the positive things. Like, All right, let's bury the company for the next 2 hours. Like he was just Kind of like a kind of tongue in cheek, but it's too. yeah, it's a little tongue in cheek. I also love it. This is a totally side note, but I love <laughs> the uh, hi Renee. Like at one oh, point, yeah. dude, that things, part killed me. I was like, oh no, don't do that. Yeah, she wasn't supposed to be there. Yeah. <laughs> that part, like if she, like if she just got back from grocery shopping, and he and she's like, oh hi Renee. Like as she walks, in, like, oh yeah. Um, uh, hey, but you know, like nothing. Nothing that he said, outside of like the individual granular experiences that he went over, every single thing that he said is exactly what I feel like wrestling fans, inside wrestling fans, have suspected for the longest period of time, too, and, and, and have claimed. Okay. I agree with everything, but let's – can I play – Sure, sure. But first of all, because I don't want to forget, I also do agree with you that it does validate a lot of what some of these other people have yeah. said. And I know a lot of people in the company who feel creatively – Drained because there's nothing they can do to have any creative input whatsoever, yeah. and they just feel creatively handcuffed. Um, Writers, producers, talent. It's, I mean, Dean Malenko. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, wait, but what did you say before that that I was gonna? Uh, that I mean, kind of giving him like like I don't know. I think you're gonna play devil's advocate of like oh of his devil's story. advocate. Then thank you. Okay, let's okay. Because we're only seeing, hearing one side of the story. If I'm executive producer of a show and I hire an actor to play a part yeah. in a show, yeah. don't I dictate what that actor does in the show? Yeah. So you're paying them lots for of sure. money? For sure. sure. At, the, at the same time, he at one point says, if you want an actor, you should just hire an actor. Like, if you want somebody, a wrestler, like, we're just, we're not actors. Like, I mean, of course, that's part of the, the job. Well, like, but... think, of, think about it like this. Netflix hires a stand-up comedian to do, to do a special on Netflix. They're not telling them what jokes to tell. They're letting the stand-up comedian tell their jokes because they hired this person for, for their expertise and, and, and their ability in that realm to, to perform. You know, and, and, and I get it. WWE is a television show. You know, like, I mean, and that's truly what it has become. If you just look at even their TV deals, the, even this, like, their pursuit of ratings, which we all look at as like an antiquated system for tracking something that they still look at as like kind of a Holy Grail-esque, you know, marker of excellence. Um, he doesn't want to be on a TV show. He wants to be a professional wrestler. Yeah, the same way that a comedian would probably hate being on like some CBS, you know, or would probably eventually grow to hate being on some CBS three camera sitcom or something like that. I mean, look at Dave Chappelle who quit his show. Yeah, in the height of its popularity, based off of a you know, different reasons. But different reasons, but at the same time, like. But I mean, it's, but, it's it had, but it has a lot of the same stuff to do with it. If you look at what he's done since then, he's done exactly what he wanted to do since then. And I and I do think that. When you get to a, when it comes down to a certain point like that, that it is like, oh, what's more important to you, money or creative freedom? Uh, so that I mean, that does make sense to me. Yeah. Uh, I just think that sometimes, like, I just think that, like, well, I mean, like, you knew what you were signing up for. Like, it's <laughs> not like WWE is. 
um, tra- isn't transparent about like what they are. You know, yeah. right. like they, raw this week, there was no wrestling for the first hour of the show. You maybe know, just, so. maybe it just feels like um, I'm coming in here and they know what they got out of this guy. So uh, they they know what they bought. And so you kind of expect them to, you know, lean a certain way with you probably, or you at least hope so. Yeah. So I think that's what a lot of these towns expect. But, uh, I mean, it is naive given the fact that we have a rich history of what this product is. And also, you know, the you know the line of Vince is killing WWE – or Vince is in his creative process or, or killing WWE um, – <clears throat> if you look at, like, how much money they're making now as compared to – the cool time everyone refers to, the time that we all right. have yeah. this affinity for, um, they're making so much more money now than, yeah. they, than they were back then. Well, and, and that's a validating factor for what he's doing, too. Why, why right. wouldn't why he tell somebody? And it's like, and, and most of the people are not Dean Ambrose I, or, you know, John Moxley, I assume, going backstage and, and really going straight to Vince being like, I will not say this. You know, like, there's not many people that have the brass. And I don't know how truthful I, I, or, or the tone of voice he took with Vince is and stuff like that. None of us were there, so sure. we can't say. But, like, the, I, I would say suggest that there's probably a lot of people that are truly grateful for the opportunity to go there and I'm sure that he felt that way for the longest time too but it's just like the dude clearly was not creatively fulfilled for the longest period of time he was maybe there. the entire time outside of like the initial rush of getting that first burst of success because he says for the last six years that he was in, in unhappy and he was there for how long eight nine mm-hmm. years I have to look it up I'm not positive I think he said head. I think he said he went to FCW in 2011 I think that's the that's right so he was there for eight years and he was happy at least seemingly for those two first years yeah. and then yeah 2011 so then he yeah well he, then he, he keeps got, on saying six he, years he got put up to the main roster yeah so. it's, like, it's like once you get to the main roster and everything like that but but you know what's so funny <laughs> is like you know there was a picture that was shared in our group chat today and everything and you know it wasn't an actual picture of sasha banks but but it was really like now you look at her situation and be like oh is she being spoiled or you know because well, that's, the, that's the bent that every single wrestling fan took about her temper tantrum or whatever and that's the thing that I get frustrated about because I feel like people go people think that I felt that way about her and that yeah. I said she was throwing a tantrum yes I understand the words I use I never used the word tantrum I just said she was on the ground loudly yeah. complaining about about the situation uh, but I never took it whether there are people in the company who were frustrated about it or not to me I completely understood, like, the frustration. Yeah. You know, it's not like I thought she was some spoiled brat or something like that. Um, and like you said, I think that it might, for the for those who did take it that way and that were like, oh, F her type people, um, I think they should relook the way they look at it. Same I, for Leo Rush. I think that every <clears throat> single person now who, like, I, I think this changes everything. In terms of how people are going to view those who are who are unhappy or who are requesting their release or who who are you know complaining on Twitter or whatever it might be, everybody's going to look at them differently now. Like John Moxley changed, I feel like the scope that people are going to view all that like negative feedback of WWE. I was doing quotations in case you're not watching it. Um, people are going to view it differently now, but they're going to digest that kind of flack from these wrestlers a lot different now. Because given the fact that it's you know it's a similar situation to CM Punk, but. Uh, Dean Ambrose uh, Moxley also said that he doesn't want he didn't want to walk out. He at the one point talks about how he wanted to walk out, but he didn't ultimately want to do that. He wanted to fulfill his, it's, his it's contract. Hard. It's, it's, he also says that for legal purposes. I mean, for sure, but well, the same. But like, you know, but even even just like smart about it, like running out his contract, laying on his back, taking like these petty payments and stuff like that. 
Uh, it, it's really hard. You know, wrestling fans oftentimes, especially in the digital ether, will, will com- find a little thing to complain about. And they'll hold on to that little thing. And that will be like the complete foundation of what all their complaints and criticisms come from. It's like, according to the, the old school rules of wrestling, it sounds like this guy did everything right going out. So it's really hard to find criticism in what he's saying now because he earned the right to say it by, by going out, quote unquote, the right way. Right. He went out the right way so much that even he was confused by how WWE reacted yeah. to it. I love that part of the interview because I think out of everything I was most confused with how WWE put out a public statement about it did a goodbye special for him talked about it on TV it's, advertising it's, that he's leaving well, with this like glowing review of like we're gonna miss the guy even to the point where it was like all of us were like yeah he's gonna be gone for a couple weeks and he's gonna get yeah. a couple of like, out of his system clearly he's not gonna be gone for a long time and then all of a sudden he debuts this past weekend it's like Oh, oh, right. This okay. is huge. You know, it makes sense to me now after interviewing Nick Mondo today, Nick, uh, Sick Nick Mondo, who directed his uh, hype videos. He did the Prison Break one and the New Japan one. And <clears throat> there was that part where Dean walks by the Viper. Viper Room logo and it has the dice that said two and five on it. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, it's got to be a tease for Double or Nothing. And then, honestly, at a certain point, because it was really – I wasn't getting any tips or anyone really – any movement on, on the situation, I thought maybe he wasn't going to be there. Um, and so when I talked to Nick Mondo today and I brought that up, he told me that that wasn't a tease for Double or Nothing, that it was actually a tribute to Dusty Rhodes because Dusty was – a mentor to Dean Ambrose, John Moxley, mm-hmm. Dean Ambrose in in FCW and and NXT, and so uh, he said that one time, you know, while down, Dusty was like, explaining a good idea of a vignette for him, and he said at one point he like puts on a leather jacket and walks in front of the Viper Room logo, and so that's <laughs> wow. why, and that's why he put that in Dude, the vignette. That's so cool! I love that. I know, me too. I love that Dusty Rhodes thought of that too. Me too. And I and, and so it shows like, how long the Viper Room has been around. I and, guess. And I also didn't know that that you know he looked at Dusty Rhodes as a mentor, which makes sense as to why he immediately jumped over to AEW. Um, and yeah, so I love that. That's great. It, it did have symbolism to it, just not what everyone thought it was. It, it, the other part was just a happy, like happy coincidence. Yeah, which do, is great. Do you guys think? And I, will, I know we're going to talk more about it, but do you think that this interview? is bigger and what it means for the wrestling industry than CM Punk's interview was. I, I think so, just in the fact that that came off as a guy complaining. Yeah. That came off as a guy who was, was burnt and, uh, you know, he just kind of went off the rails a little bit. And there were claims that we couldn't validate. Like, exactly. Dean Ambrose's claims in, in Jericho's podcast are a bit more, were a bit more visible to all of us. I think because it was... And recent. Most, and recent. Most well. of the promos that he's referring to... When you watched it, we saw him. You and we were, were like, oh, "What this is, is he doing? This is not him." What? Like that's how they As brought Vince him back. Is like, this is you. <laughs> yeah. So um, that's why people like you. <laughs> You're crazy. You're you, crazy. You have creative, creative. You license. drive your car backwards. You need a pizza with a bomb. You huh? can get a. You can get the little laundry pin and put it on your nose. So you have creative freedom <laughs> here. Um, <laughs> Paint with the colors of the wind. So, so we'll start with some of these things. He said. Uh, he basically – one of the things he seemed to be frustrated about, it was that whole pooper scooper thing. But also yeah. um, one of the things that to me felt like a bigger 
part of the puzzle of what really led to his exit the Roman was the Roman cancer stuff. Yeah. I think that all of us, when he said it, it was kind of like a... Yeah, dude. Whoa, that's yeah, a bit pump, much. Pump your brakes. Yeah, yeah like, whoa, what? Because we all, like, I mean, we all collectively lost our shit when... Was it, who was the one that brought up... Uh, was a page that brought up uh, Reed Flair, yeah. like we all collectively were like, "What the fuck is yeah, going no, on?" That's like a no-no. Like, I mean, there's certain off-limit topics and everything like <clears throat> yeah, that. Yeah, we're like, "Who signed off on that?" And why would you sign off on that? Um, so I definitely that goes back to this. It's like you can't do that. Yeah, I mean, he said he regretted the line. He basically said that he got Jedi mind tricked into it, and that it was like, "No, you turned on Roman and Seth, so you have to keep Seth in the story." And it kind of like. <laughs> He said he he said right he said he was so focused on other things that he didn't want to say that when he said that he realized instantly that it was like it's something he shouldn't have said and that that it was bad and then because they had Corbin say something like for the next week I think of, about Roman being like too weak to like continue on or some shit like yeah, that yeah that sounds right and it was like fuck <laughs> like, like you can't I mean do at least this. everybody already hated Corbin yeah. right. on a deep 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 level I wonder, I wonder what his merch sales are like. Yeah, it can't be that popping. Who's buying Baron Corbin merchandise? I don't know. Sometimes the wolves are cool, man. Yeah. Wolves are cool. Oh, shit. Kevin's got a few boys. I, 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 I don't. <laughs> Do you have a Mandy Rose shirt? No. I always love on Mandy Rose's Instagram, the show, show like the guys that are wearing like the Mandy Rose shirts <laughs> with like the magazine cover. I'm like, you got some balls, dude. <laughs> you got some balls doing that picture. Um. Okay, so then he also said that he vetoed Another cancer line that, that he wouldn't share, that he wouldn't say what it was. He said, "Quote, uh, yeah, and it's it's the worst line. I'm not going to say it on the air. On air, I'll tell you after we're done. But I'm not even going to say it on air. That's how bad it was. It would have been like a thing where somebody would have had to get fired. Maybe even me. <laughs> they would have definitely, or they would have lost sponsors like Susan G. Komen and all that. It would have been bad. And he said, I don't know who wrote it. I don't know if it was Vince himself or if it was a writer. And you're listening now." You should be ashamed of yourself. You like you wouldn't believe it. But if I had just said it, if I had just been like, okay, and just read the script, I can't imagine. But it would have been on me, not on Vince, you know? Uh, anyway, so that's that day. <laughs> you know, I, there's, there is the one thing. You, you just reminded me of the one thing that I really kind of didn't like about what he said a lot in the interview is that he really came for creative. There, there oh, the yeah. writers a lot. And uh, I don't know. I feel like you're kind of. You you're stuck there to make Vince happy, yeah. And, totally. and that's it's their like, job to make Vince happy. And the, he's they they're like we know Vince's voice, so let's try to write what, something that he would like. Yeah, you're and not so, writing what you think is good all right. the time. You're writing what you think he's going to say yes to. Yeah. So that was like make one thing. Easier. It's like if you felt held hostage there, you don't think that these guys feel hostage is held hostage here? Like like they are doing everything they can to get by too. And so, like, I didn't like him kind of coming for the writers that much that he was doing. And I felt like he kind of brought that up every uh, I think there honest. were a few writers he did give props to. He, <laughs> he said, did, he, he did. He kind of singled out a few that he liked. And he also liked the one where the guy was like, I, I know this sucks, dude. Yeah, so, I was going to say, he yeah. did call out, like, he didn't name ones by name, but he said that people said that kind of stuff right. to him. Um, so, I mean, I think he was... A little too harsh on them, but understandably so. I mean, if you're in oh, that you're position, you're going to be so frustrated if it's like... This is the one that's like te- that's like the the messenger. Eventually, you're going to be mad at the messenger yeah. if it's always yeah. bad news they're delivering to you. Yeah, I just feel like I mean it's it's going to be a rough spot anywhere in that company after a while because you just want to survive. You know, one of the things I found interesting is him kind of without saying it. You know, you always hear about how Vince, you know, will get. 
he has one vision of you, and then that's you're that yeah. forever, you yeah. know. And that's why I think that Luke Harper always kind of feels feels has felt so, you know, one uh, note. Yeah, has been, oh, and has also felt like stuck creatively. You but know? when they finally were like, "We're going to have you talk," even though you've cut promos, very great promos with Britain the White family. Once you went solo, we're going to have you just talk like. This. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I think it's because Vince sees him a certain way, and I think that was one of Dean's frustrations. It felt like was that it seems as though Dean felt like um, Vince saw him as an idiot, yeah, and that is bad. And I'll be honest, that is how his character always was portrayed on TV. Yeah, you know, one of the things he was talking about was like, and I remember that. Pro- I don't really this was exactly I remember when he was talking about it, where it was like. Him listing all the weird things he did that day, and I remember that promo and being like, "Who yeah, would do any of those? Yeah, who would say this? Things? You know, like why would anyone? Like why like, would any, cool. why would anybody care about you? People would be like, hey, screw this guy. Yeah, this guy's like homeless. He's, a, he's an idiot. <laughs> he's like a weird. Like it's one dude. thing to be crazy, and it's another thing to be like, hey, this guy's a crazy idiot. Yep." I hate him. He's an idiot. Yeah, when you're like talking about being lunatic fringe, like trying to make him a badass at the same time, like you might as well be like, like, and I strapped some PB and J's to my feet and I came to the yeah. came to the arena. I placed my uh, beans with grapes. He always kind of felt sometimes more like, a, like instead of being like tough guy Burt Reynolds, he felt like a SNL Jeopardy Burt Reynolds. Oh like yeah, that's, that's, hat, a, that's you know? great. Yeah, that's, did he always? You know what I mean? For sure, absolutely. Like, that's perfect. I just pictured that one part where where Burt Reynolds has the hat, you know. Yeah. You like this hat? Yeah. He, he wasn't cool hat Luke. He was like he was Lloyd Christmas. He, no, he like wasn't cool dumb hand. and dumber with like the with like the yeah. wasn't cool hand Luke. He was Luke from the Bushwhackers, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which uh, just sucks. Like yeah. it's like at least Luke well, from the Bushwhacker the, was a Bushwhacker. Such a goofy thing. I think the promo that he released, the one that Nick Mond, not the one that Nick Mondo put out, the promo he released after Double or Nothing, where he got to cut a promo that he wrote or that he at least came up with his and came up with in his head. Yeah, and it was interesting how that was the best promo you'd seen from him so long because it was coming from him. Like It felt like those old promos that you would see of his that got him hired by WWE. And it was like, oh, this is the guy. And even... (laughs) He slightly had that when it felt like he was the leader of the Shield initially. Yeah. Yeah, he was holding the sure. camera and doing like the cool guy movements and stuff. Um, but once the other two started to kind of surpass him as like the most popular ones in the group, or at least the ones they were going to focus on yeah, for the future. The were, I think that's a better way to phrase um, it. it. I think when that started to happen is really when they, you know, he was less the leader. It was more like Roman was kind of the leader of the group, yeah. and it started to kind of go from there. It felt like to me. Yeah, you know, the, I have you know something that I was curious about earlier um, was like we, you know we were talking about WWE as a television show, and they have a lot of television programming. I actually get why they have those writers. I get why the structure is set up the way. I'm not endorsing the quality of the work that's being done, but I am acknowledging the quantity of work that must be done in order to put out all their programming. It's a lot. So to that note, though, can the WWE but I mean, they're, they're, obviously, this criticism that he's levying is, is is worldwide widespread now at this point. Like everybody's heard it; it's the most popular podcast that Jericho's ever done. And I, I'm curious if WWE can ever move away from the model that they've created and the way that they produce their programming, or if they're just stuck doing the same stuff that they've been doing now because they've just got so much that they have to put out to meet all their contractual obligations. I believe that. Vince likes the structure that's in place. But if you look at, like, NXT, they put out a lot of content, too. Yeah. And I believe they could put out even more. And there's not, like, a huge creative team there, you yeah, know? Like, right. there's a creative team there, and they, a lot of them work at Performance Center and stuff like that, and there's writers for NXT. But 
I, I, I don't foresee okay, any change. Any change. Yeah. Uh, I think they'd have to start losing money for there to be a change. Exactly. It goes back to what you're saying. Is like we're making money, so yeah. Who, who's doing, like how? Yeah. How is this not working if it's making money? You know, I mean, John Cena's like, not even on the show right now. We're making for, money. Like SmackDown, for example, last night it was the or sorry Tuesday <clears throat> night it was the highest rated program on cable. Yeah. I think I honestly think that was because of AEW. Like people just wanted to see what their reaction was. I do think that what you know, come October, <clears throat> if thing if there's any slide or anything, I think that's a different conversation. Yeah. I'm interested to see what happens when the Fox deal begins. AEW's weekly starts. AEW's weekly, and then the XFL starts. That's honestly what I'm oh, most yeah. interested in. I, I forgot about the XFL starting soon. Because when the XFL starts, when is that? I think that's not till next year. Okay, but when the XFL, yeah, I believe it's the 2020 season. But when XFL starts, or even in like the few months leading up to it, I don't know how Vince is going to be able to do the two of them. No. I don't know. How, he's 73 years old. I don't know. How, I don't it, know how he's still doing what he's doing. Like I mean, like that's it's it's absurd. It is absurd, uh, particularly on the level of like how little sleep he gets too. It's 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 unhealthy. It's to dangerous. sleep that little. It's dangerous. Yeah, I mean, people always dangerous. often they tell stories about Vince, like like in this one, they, they, where he texts him like at five in the morning. It's like people, that's, you're hey, old man. Like, <laughs> like, like you guys, we get mad at each other if any of us text each other before like eight in the morning. I know the rules. I I mistakenly texted the real early one time. I, I don't even care. Jamie about the rules. was upset. It's <laughs> more Jamie, I think, than any of us because well, I get up early. Well, I think Jamie's gotten up early now recently, more so. It, it hasn't really happened lately. I think no, it hasn't. It hasn't happened. No, but sometimes I'm time. like going poop when I wake up in the morning and I want to send something to the group, <laughs> and I'm like, 7.30, might be cutting it. Yeah. I'm not hey. sure. It's a little too early. I think the poop text can be sent any You can send them to me. I'll be up already. Okay. So. All right. Good to know, Not only guys. that, but it's just like everybody should be getting up at that period of time. Like we're all, we're all <laughs> we're you know, 30 I'm at work by seven. Come on. So. Like. Um, so about the creative process in WWE, Moxley said, if I have something to prove, it's that I want to prove that your creative process, the WWE's creative process, sucks. It does not work. It's absolutely terrible. And I've said that to Vince. I've said that to Hunter. I've said that to Michael Hayes. I can't even tell you how their system works. And then he said, uh, he also kind of mentioned, which I thought was interesting, that the production meeting, that it starts with lots of people yeah. and then it slowly whittles down it's like three until people. it's just like three people at the end. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Um, then he said, if I had a goal with AEW, it's that we could prove that Vince's way sucks. This is not what I'm going to focus on because it's not about competing with WWE. We're just going to be over here doing our best, putting on our best product. And if a byproduct of that is it pushes WWE to reevaluate their creative process and it makes Vince, not that he's going to step aside because we all know he's going to die in that chair, but maybe he'll listen to somebody else's ideas Maybe he'll be open and do it a different way. Um, I, I, I back to the question you asked there. I just don't foresee any change. I really don't. Yeah. I think that you know, especially because of his age, he wants as many ideas being thrown at him as possible because he sees it as a think tank. You yeah. know, yeah, uh, disposable think tank yeah. of people. You know, so I don't see right. I also, because he's immortal, he's never going to die. That's a good point too. Um, I also Lots thought this was interesting where, where um, Dean said, we're all just in self-preservation mode trying to not look like idiots instead of creating good things. Which yeah. I thought that was very interesting because, I mean, like, that is sometimes what I get frustrated by. You're like, why are they doing stupid things instead of creating cool stories? Yeah. It's like, this would be way cooler. Like, they have this giant writing staff. And I know the writing staff is turning in cool ideas sometimes, you know. Um, you would think that they'd want to... Make some change. They'd want to like do cool shit, you yeah. know. Yeah. 
Um, I think it's interesting, too, that he was so anti the goofy stuff since uh, that was his thing. Oh, okay, so this is one of the other things I thought was super interesting is the fact that he flew himself to Stanford uh, to pitch a new character upon his return where he wanted to completely change it up, uh, total heel turn. Um, but instead, Vince explained to him that the Shield was booked for uh, an upcoming European tour and that he was going to be coming back as part of the Shield again. Um, you could tell when he came back that he was fired up to have some sort of a difference in his character. Um, it sucks that they really wouldn't let him do it because yeah. to me, this is part two of what really was the core of all of this. It was yeah. the Roman line because he felt like he disrespected his friend, and this thing where it was like he was so he was so fired up on wrestling ideas that. He had said he was watching Ring of Honor, oh, yeah. Impact, watching Impact and New yeah. Japan, yeah. death matches and stuff like that. That uh, part made me really happy. Like I was like I was like I-, I like the fact that you are a sincere fan and you just want to like you want to feel excited about it again. Yeah. And he was feeling excited. That's why he felt so ballsy to fly out there. Mm-hmm. And like Vince was like, "All right, you get a fur jet line jacket and uh, you can wear the chain. It's fine." Yeah, I, I I think that it feels to me like that's where a lot of the disappointment lies. Is that it was like I I wanted to come back this way and I didn't. And then he ha- and then right after his idea, instead of all these ideas I pitched to him. His idea is to make fun of my friend's cancer. Like, that's fucked up. I think that, that really is how it feels to me. Oh, yeah. Um, especially because he said it's not about the money. He said that, like, he didn't even look at the offer Vince gave that, to that him. Was, that was crazy. Just like, I mean, they, even out of, you know, he was so dead set against it that he was just like, I don't even care. I mean, he, he, him saying, like, my house paid off, my truck's paid off, my mom's house paid off, I'm good. Yeah. What do I need all this crazy money for? Yeah. Do you guys believe that he didn't look at the offer from AEW? <laughs> from AEW? Or from, no, no, you mean from WWE. Well, he said both. Well, I, oh, did he say I, I He said both. Just, okay. So he said he did Well, he said he didn't look at the offer from WWE. He said with Tony, he didn't talk numbers with Tony. Tony just sent a contract and he signed it. So Probably looked real good. Probably. Probably. He was like, he's like, this good is, enough. This considering fine. all the things you said. Yeah, he's like, this is fine. Do you believe that he really didn't talk numbers with AEW, though? Mm. I'm sure that he probably gave, uh, he spoke with Cody, and Cody kind of was like, let's give him this offer. Like, I'm sure that maybe happened. Uh, I, I, maybe he didn't go back and forth with Tony, but. Uh, I, mean, some, I don't know. Like, I mean, someone uh, was in Tony's <laughs> ear to give him a good deal. Hey, like, I mean, like, you got to remember this dude's professional wrestling. Yeah, totally. That's, you know, like, that's I mean, why, out of all the things he said here, I'm like, I, I can, eh, I, I, I know, don't, I don't, fully, I know how the carnival works. I don't, <laughs> I don't fully believe that he didn't look at the numbers of either of them. I do think, I do believe in that he's being genuine and saying that he, even if he looked at it, that he didn't care about the WWE's offer. Yeah. I believe that because he was unhappy. It'd be like I believe he did. A little well, think piece. about it. Like I bet you he did a little. Just a little he's like that's yeah. a little. Uh, what's how many zeros are there? Well, it's just like imagine, imagine you're you know with somebody who everybody sees as beautiful, but you spend enough time with them that you're no longer attracted to them, and they say that's you know th- things are not really going that well, and then you're just like. Oh, well, you know, I don't really care how you say you'll change because I just don't even want to be with you anymore. And I think that's kind of like he reached that that's point. That's like a very sad relationship, by the well, way. Well, I mean, you know, you live enough time on planet Earth. You go through some of these situations. I hope that you don't deal with it in your present one. <laughs> <laughs> you as well. No, okay. you I as think well. Erica is beautiful. No, no, I mean, no, but you're you, – but, yeah, but, but, but I'm talking – But I'm talking, I'm talking about a different situation, though, where it's just like – I I like you know like I've been with people in the past who I got to the point where it's like I can't even I can't even see you as beautiful anymore because I abhor you so much. Cynistics. 
Yeah, mm. but the, I, you know, I've recently come to view that I was pretty petty in that situation. Oh, uh, wait, 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 I've changed what? a lot this year, guys. Um, Whoa, that's a huge update. Yeah, I, I, I can't know. wait till Erica that. No, yeah. you know, like I, I think just, that's for the longtime listeners. That's also a big update. Is that something we've ever talked about on the actual show? Absolutely. I, I think so. Okay. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. Um, no, <laughs> no, 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 but, the, but you know, that's like, good to know. But, but let's say you're because you were super petty in that situation. Totally. You should have. I would say in the vast majority of every relationship I've ever had, I've been incredibly petty. Um, but uh, sometimes you feel like Jerry and George, you know. You know what? Like I mean, she eats her peas one at a time. <laughs> she wears sinistics when we're out drinking. No, I, I would still not be okay with that. But I would break up with somebody because of it. Uh, we, we can go to a twenty-four hour donut shop. It's gonna be way better than sinistics. Come on, follow my. Unsolving. Yeah. yeah, precisely. Um, no, but and, and it doesn't matter what I'm trying to say anymore. Okay, we've gotten so off to off topic from it and everything. It means everything. The long me. story short is like it doesn't matter what he was offered because he was so miserable that like money didn't matter. Yeah. Whatever whatever promises they could make couldn't fix the relationship that he had with them. He was at a point where he was ready to end that relationship, and yeah. he did, and he did it with grace and dignity. I feel like actually, you know, until you get after it, and you're like. Man, I was ready to break up with that stupid idiot for the longest period of time. <laughs> that is so yeah. – yeah, totally. Like Scott, that, I mean that's what he got to, but he also got out of the relationship before he started talking smack so he didn't have to like suddenly find himself back in the relationship as so many people do. Be like, well, you know, you know she's OK though. You know, I know I said this, that, and the other, but you know. Yeah, well, no. your, your whole family hates him already. Yeah. You're like, you're like, yeah, but, yeah, look, 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 look. I mean, I, I kind of, I, I know what I, I said. said a lot of bad I, things. I was, yeah. I've never, that's why I learned in high school never to complain to my mom about a girlfriend. Oh no, because then she'll just, she'll just hate them forever. Yeah, and you just can't tell your mom any kind of argument you have with a girl because yeah. they just hate them forever. I remember one time I broke up with this girl and I was trying to like get back with her later on because I regretted it big time because she was awesome and beautiful and I was an idiot. Um, and I wrote like this apology letter. That was like a novella. It was the longest individual thing I've ever written before, actually, outside of a screenplay. And Jeez, and I said, how it, long was it? It was like fifteen thousand words long. It was really long. It was. Like, it how was, many pages? Was that I, like? I don't know. Forty. What, was she a reader? Wait, was she, did you, say you wrote a forty-page letter? I don't, I don't you like. You know, like did she like writer. reading? She read it. Was and, she also and a writer? She ba- and she basically responded with like, "Thanks, but no thanks. I've moved on. Goodbye." And Dude. I was like, "Ah!" To be honest. If you you got, no, if, but but what if, reason you I brought, a few moments like the reason it, I brought it, if I went past the page, I'd be like, "Fuck you." Well, I'm a, I'm a beautiful writer, though. Um, but, but like, it, um, <laughs> the reason I brought it up, I can't even remember why I brought it up now. What, did you like? Do you say things like she smell? You smell. Like oh, the reason I brought it up is because I remember thinking. The I remember even sending it to her. I was like, "This is totally going to win her back. Her friends are going to hate me forever because I already broke up with her two months ago." But. <sighs> You know, they'll get over it eventually. I'll buy them soon as this. And then she was just like, no, <laughs> goodbye. And I was like, oh, you're not that good of a writer, Bates. I feel like you I had a few that. love failures that were related around they've, letters. They've all been failures. <laughs> That's why we're here. Have you ever written a successful love letter? Oh, for sure. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, no, no doubt. Okay. Was it 40 pages long? No, I will never. No, there's it. another one you like, have. Like there's another story you have revolving around a girl you liked and a letter, and I can't remember what it is, but I love it. No, I mean, like, you know, that's the one of the, you know, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm a professional writer. We're going to dig into a little deep right here. We were, when you were the uh, the editor on your school newspaper, uh-huh. did you ever take out an ad no. for, like, to, to take some editor's notes to 
to, as a tribute to like a girl that no. Okay, I'm just, I just want to make sure we didn't no, get that. No, personal one on one letter goes a really long way. Especially I just like want to make you sure have, that, you, know, uh, uh, you know, I mean, that's a grand gesture. It's in communi- the paper. I have an elegant communication style when it comes to words. So I'm just checking. I'm just checking. Um, um, all right, we're going to move topics here <laughs> only because we only have a little bit of time left, and I, we'll just do a quick. And your shirt needs to sell drugs somewhere later. <laughs> So that's kind of reminds Eli said it was a cool shirt. I like it's a cool it. Shirt. It reminds me of Pandora from Avatar. I don't know if that's good. I liked Avatar a lot. Okay, it's remind, it reminds me of somebody that needs to move some weight. That's <laughs> what it looks like. I mean, it was one of my vacation shirts. I need to do some laundry. <laughs> so, um, quick thoughts on Double or Nothing. It I, was great, right? It was awesome. <laughs> Any other thoughts beyond that? I love the show. I think there is moments like I, I told, uh, I tweeted about um, that four way with the with the women. Um, that that I there's certain moments in wrestling where some there's a move that gets pulled off. This one, the Tower of Doom, and the person that always does a power bomb portion of that usually falls to the side because they're oh my god, I got destroyed off of that too. Kong just stomped all over everybody and like walked around like she was a monster, and I was like. Fuck, that's so cool, and that made me so so excited about that that um, that match, um, that Ray Phoenix move that you talked about, where he pops up and does a cutter. Uh, those always look like such like a everyone saw that coming, no matter what. And even this in this sense, it did also, but it looks so smooth. There's a lot of really good wrestling that happened. Yeah. Those guys got especially got their chance to make up for what happened at All In with their time constraint, and I I, I love that. Uh, I think those I matches like were amazing. There was a steady mix of of what people have come to expect and 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 what they truly have to offer and what they've been putting out there for the longest time. Be it you know, if it was a PWG or a New Japan or something like that, you know, you did kind of have like the action packed focus, but you had you had real pro wrestling moments that took place too. And I think that AEW should strive to find that mixture of those two things because truth be told. You know, like I know we've talked about the influence of, of WCW on Cody and everything like that, but like WCW and its heyday had a steady mix of both those things. You know, they did have like their luchador aspects, and they had a lot of their light light heavyweights, and they had a lot of people who were putting on stellar nonstop movement matches. And then you had, you know, like you had your pro wrestling with you know the NWO even before the NWO with like Hulk Hogan with Macho Man Randy Savage, Sting, etc., Ric Flair. Like so, I, I think that they're and they're still finding it. You know, they're finding their groove of of what is the mixture of like that kind of that action pat. Pack sports moment and what are the story driven moments too? Um, that having said, I feel really bad for Sean Spears because Dean Am- or John Moxley's debut completely has made people forget that he was in that. But at the same time, that his his the pop that he got was wild compared yeah. to anything that he could have ever. It's hoped just one for, of those I'm things. Sure. Like they're like I feel like now it's like, hey, I was also on the show. <laughs> Uh, he's, you know, especially he's, after the podcast, like, come on. I'm I know sorry. he got, and he left WWE technically before Ambrose. Yeah. Too, so people should have wanted him, but Look. he's obviously not on the same level as, no. as John Moxley. No. Also, he could go home to a beautiful woman, and so he, he's he's fine. Well, it's not like Dean Ambrose can't, or John I Moxley. Know, I'm just saying, it's, it's gonna be hard to switch back to that. It's it is gonna be hard. I think calling him Mox actually works. I like it, but it's just you train yourself to not be like that smart who's calling them their indie name <laughs> for yeah, so now long. You go back to the indie so now you have to train yourself to not be that like WWE <laughs> Mark who's still calling yeah. them their name from yeah. WWE. Uh, yeah, Jamal. Jericho called him Ambrose during the interview, okay. so it's fine. Okay, I'm curious, like, what the sentiment is of of the other people. You know, like, I mean, I'm sorry to like you know curve it back to Ambrose, but like, you know, somebody like Kevin Owens or somebody like that, I'm, or AJ Styles. 
naturally, I think that they've probably seen a show like this and they're probably looking at it and being like, damn, that looks really exciting. That looks really good. I, I would love it if I could be part of that energy and everything. But there's also dudes who have families, too. So I would be curious. And, and, and Mox and, and Renee do not have, a, have a, you know, kids. So I'm curious just like what the view is of AEW with the wrestlers that have families comparatively to the ones that don't. I'll say this for the smart ones. They're waiting till TV starts. Yeah. I think so. Gonna, I think, yeah. I mean, there's ones that are like, I need to get out now. But there's others that are like the ones that look families are probably going, well, let's see how this looks. Yeah, see, how it, play, let's see how it plays out. Yeah. A lot of the people will play and wait and see. Like there are pe- there are wrestlers who have contracts that they've been sitting on for months that like somewhat that they were offered deals <laughs> that they haven't signed yet because I yeah. think they are waiting to see if like okay, I think first they were waiting to see Double or Nothing and it was like okay they put their money where their mouth was. Now let's see what this TV show is all about because I think you know it's going to be interesting. You know this whole sports centric thing they're going for like. To me, it was weird to see uh, a non-indie show, like a major wrestling promotion, have a pay-per-view where there were all clean finishes. There was not one person that had a, you know any other kind of victory. Only clean finishes. Did you guys think that was like, an interesting choice? It was, it was nice to see. That. It was refreshing. And I, I really liked that about... But they can't, it, they can't. Not, they're not going to do, do that. that. No, but, but I think that... You I, can't but, do it. All at once. I think the goal is to like strive not to do it. So when it happens, it's it's exactly. irregular. You know, we've come to expect you know the schmas or you know just some kind of screwy you know disqualification ending or something like that because it's happened so many times. We've come to expect the champion being beat because like it's a non-title match and it doesn't. Championships don't truly matter that much because just like the way that they've been taken like down that road and everything. So I think if they can keep a consistency with how they do their shows and everything, so that these alternate finishes. Actually, feel you know unique at least like that. That would be nothing but a, like a feather in their cap. Yeah, on Busted Open Radio, uh, Tony Khan did an interview and he talked a little bit about the show and he basically said that it's going to be a lot different than being the elite. That you know, there's only you know that that comedy works obviously but that there's a time and place for it yeah. and that it's obviously that it's not going to be something that is like at the forefront that they're more going for the sports centric well, you know, the, pro- the problem that show. happened with WWE is that like that stupid rock and mankind segment. And I say stupid even though I enjoyed it. Got the biggest rating of all time. So it's like, well, why wouldn't we go the comedy route? That gets yeah. our biggest ratings. Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know, and Mankind in the hospital with Mr. McMahon. Why wouldn't we do like cutaways like I mean, that? I have people that uh, – friends that don't know anything about wrestling, but they always reference Booker T versus Stone Cold in the market. Yeah. Like that's a, that's a memorable moment and that's – it's hilarious. Like, that thing was crazy. Well, I think the other part of that is that when you were a wrestling fan growing up and you were in the supermarket, you always thought, oh, it'd be so sick if you could superplex somebody <laughs> off of this into the into the grapes. If I just throw some milk on them and tell them to clean up by aisle three, it'll be great. Oh, man. Um, favorite match on the show and why? Um... I think the Jericho match, just because, like, I mean, it, 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 like, I mean, it was the end of the show. It led into like the biggest moment and everything. It was completely like I don't did not expect Jericho to win, and so like I mean, I think that was like a, a massive curveball. Like I mean, I, I think this the culmination of those moments. You know, like I mean, I'm a big fan of of, of big wrestling moments that often are taking place like that even just going back to like Hulk Hogan being the third man it's like that took place like detached from the or like it's connected but detached from the main event and then the angle afterwards played out and everything so I think that that those two like factors combined sent the show into the next stratosphere and plus you probably like the Judas effect 
It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. It feels like a move that I would have programmed into my wrestler in No Mercy or something like fair, that. Fair. I mean, like that would have like I've done the. To be fair, like, you know, afterwards. one of my favorite finishers of all time is Masato Tanaka's Roaring Elbow. Like, yeah. when he, the way he used to do it, I used to love. It's not quite the same, obviously, but and I used to love Chris. I love Chris Hero when he does it too. Yeah. yeah or Cash Dono. So um, I'm into it. Yeah. I don't hate it. Kevin, favorite match on the show, and why? Um, I, I'm kind of torn between uh, the women's four-way and, and the, the Lucha Brothers versus Bucks. And the reason being is uh, I think a lot of it played into the commentary, too. I think the commentary was so strong in that women's four-way. I think everything worked so well in that. Um, the way they portrayed um, – is it Nyla Rose? Yes. Just the way that it's – I love the fact of that there is no mention of – the fact she's a transgender woman, and it's like you don't need to mention that stuff. If it was on WWE, that's all they would mention. Um, so, I, and that match was incredible. Um, I like the fact again that Lucha Brothers and the Young Bucks got their time. Then I thought that was a surprising finish. Uh, like the Lucha Brothers don't get the Triple A title. I was surprised back. too. I was shocked by that, especially because uh, the Young Bucks were telling a good story of them not being on the same page. In my opinion, I mm-hmm. felt like they were trying to drive home the fact that it had been a while since they teamed and that some of their tag <laughs> maneuvers were a little off yeah. and stuff. So um, I expected the Lucha Bros to win. Yeah. I also thought that you know they were going to do the same thing that it feels like they did with Kenny, where they didn't <laughs> want all the executive vice presidents to right. win their matches. Um, my favorite match on the show was Cody versus Dustin. Yeah. I thought it told a great story. It was very old school feeling. Um, the blood obviously added an extra element to it. Uh, emotional because of Dusty, all that kind of stuff. And it was one of those matches I wanted to see at WrestleMania, so I was pumped for it. Yeah. And you get like uh, the, the great additions. So it was the way it was. Who was the ref in that match? Was it Earl, Earl Hebner? Yeah, it was Earl. So like. It's those moments where you get these guys, you get Earl Hebner, and he did a fantastic job in that match. I mean, there's always there's three people in that yeah. ring when it's a one on one, but um, I thought every element in that match was incredible. Yeah. So uh, on the YouTube channel, we do a full. We did a few eh, on the YouTube channel. I did a full <laughs> review of the show with Jen Sturger, aka Jennifer Decker. Uh, if you want to hear my full thoughts on pretty much on all the matches, on every single match of the of the actual pay-per-view, then go check it out. It's youtube.com slash C slash wrestling sheet. You find the video there. Uh, if you want to just listen to the audio, it's also in the podcast feed as well. You can, it's easily found. Just search wrestling sheet radio on all the podcast platforms. Now we've got a few minutes left here since Kevin was late. Uh, mm-hmm. but I still want to get your guys' thoughts real fast. Uh Sami Zayn mentioning AEW on Raw. Uh Kevin, what do you think about it? Uh think it's a bad idea for them to do that. I think it's a bad idea given the fact that like you when you posted the stats of the Google trends, it's just doubled. Like, oh my god. <laughs> like what what did you do? Um I think Sam the way Sami Zayn pulled it off, it looks so genuine that he was like, Oh shit, look what I said. But uh, I don't know, it's I think it's a bad idea. I mean I I, I think it is it would be an okay idea if there was some intent to like shift up the programming a little bit, you know, given like all the positive feedback that AEW got and everything. It's not like s- saying it is almost kind of one of those things. It felt almost like it felt akin to like whenever WCW would reference WWE, like you know the Mankind reference when he won the title or something like that. It was right. like, hey, but you're it like, did kind of feel that you way. You know where it was I mean, like obviously you can't switch the channel, but it did feel that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but I, I, I don't think it was I I. I I don't think it was necessary, and I don't think it did much good for the WWE. I, I, I agree with you that it shouldn't have been mentioned unless they planned to 
come with their A game on on Raw this week, and they, and I don't think they came with their A game on A game on Raw this week. So uh, Every, everyone was expecting it, and I was like, "Why are you expecting this? Yeah. <laughs> like, they're not going to just I think, I don't change think, this entire show." I, I don't think I, I expected a change, but I expected them to like. You expect an hour long of not wrestling? Well, I just expected the, like the pay per view to light a fire under their ass a little not bit. The first match we're going to have to put on an awesome. Yeah. We should. We should Put on an awesome show just so we kind of puff our chest out a little bit, you know? Yeah. But, but obviously, I know, like I said on the Raw recap, it, it's a holiday show. It's not going to be that watched anyways. So I'm sure in their minds, it was like, we don't need to come Again, this time that. of the year, yeah. it's like they just got back from the Euro Tour. I mean, like, even SmackDown, like I said, was the highest rated show on cable this week. And they didn't really do anything, yeah. you know? I mean, like, it was a good show. It was, a, it was an entertaining show, but it, you don't it wasn't like... appreciate Shane McMahon? Oh, don't get me started. Go watch the <laughs> Ron Smackdown recap for my thoughts on that. And lastly, uh, one of the other stories that dropped this week uh, that just was wild to me, and that's Terry Runnels bringing a gun to the airport. What, what, what a weird what was, what was her reasoning? Oh, like she, has, uh, she brings it because she's going to her mom's where she's got to shoot armadillos or something like that. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. Yo, have an armadillo gun when you get there. Or like, I'm sure if know. there's armadillos wherever she's going, her mom probably has some kind of a gun. It just seemed like also don't them, shoot armadillos. Like, yeah. hey, just chill. Are they that dangerous? Build, I, I'm build. not like some uh, nature expert. You, you're more than me. Are armadillos that dangerous? Where you I, I, don't th- I, don't, I don't think it's about your mother's. Property? I don't think it's about danger. I think it was more about them disturbing maybe the landscaping or digging she holes said, or something. Or so she when I go to armadillo stew, yeah, she said armadillo. When I, when I go to armadillo. see my mom, I pack my gun because she has armadillos that ruin her garden and other critters that go after her chickens. <clears> and I usually take my gun when I go to see her. So you're always flying with a gun? Is that what you're telling? No, this? no. So then she says. So she says that she. When I fly, I pack some heat. She traveled to her mom's, which I believe by car, okay. and was there for a week and a half. Then traveled home and was home for a few days. But for some reason, she only got a few hours sleep in the few days that she was home, she said. <clears throat> then she had to get up at 4 a.m. for her flight and forgot the armadillo gun. The armadillo still, gun. was still in her bag. Oh, shoot! The armadillo <laughs> gun! Uh, okay, was the gun gold plated at least? I, I don't know that. No, it wasn't actually. They had a picture in the TMZ story of the gun. That's all also, I wanted. like the gun was loaded. Like she tried to bring a loaded gun <laughs> on security. the security. I am scared to bring like anything through security. Like, I'm scared just going through security yeah. that they're gonna find something in my bag that I go through my bag typically before I pack and be like, hey, make sure you don't have anything illegal in here, and I don't. I never do, but it's just I'm like, like digging in the small pockets just in case. Hey, also, if you're at the point where you don't know that you've stuck a gun in a bag, like you need to like get rid of some of your bags. I think like if you got so many, you're like oh, I completely forgot I put my loaded concealed weapon in that bag. It's like n- no, the stuff that is important to you that you put someplace, you remember where it is. Also, get a case for your gun. Also, don't just put it in a build bag. a also- fence around wherever the armadillos are disturbing, and don't just kill animals because they're digging a hole. She also in the video, she like she name drops the kind of bag that it's in, like as if it's like a fancy type of bag, and I'm like, and that's why I got so frustrated. It's like, no, you should put it in a case. Be responsible. Yeah. Don't put a loaded gun in. What, what does she say? She says what it right here. Hey, also, th- unload that gun. What are also, you doing? Like, why not just have the okay, armadillo okay, gun right here, wait. at the? Bradley tote that I always take. Okay. Really, and literally, it, it did not even cross my mind that my gun was in my. 
My tote. My Vera Bradley tote that I take on the plane with me everywhere. Why Why not even just have the armadillo gun at, at your mom's house? Hey, yeah. Leave right. it there. Well, how about That's this? a really good question. Yeah, well, why not have a special armadillo gun for shoe. that? Shoe. Yeah. Out of here, armadillo. Out of here, shoe, armadillo. shoot armadillo. I'm positive that, where, where does her mom live? I, uh, this was in... Tampa, hey, where I she just, got arrested. I mean, that's Florida, where she Florida. Terry Runnels not a spring you, chicken at this point. Like, her mom is so old. It's like, worry oh, about your mom. Okay, well, it says if you legally own a firearm and are permitted to shoot it on your property, you can, shoot armadillo. You can use a gun to kill armadillos. Yeah, of course. Her mom lives in Florida. You can shoot anything anywhere in Florida. That's true. And all they do is get a fun headline. That's true. Florida man. Florida yeah. woman. Florida woman killed by armadillo. <laughs> Killed by an armadillo sheeting. <laughs> uh, Kevin, where can people find you at? You guys can find me at Kevin Gets Red on all platforms. Uh, and uh, if you if you look at my Instagram story every so often, I'll be DJing Emo Night OC at the Slide Bar in Florida. All right, all right. So there you go. Yeah, I I love that you're doing that now. It's, uh, it's my favorite thing. There you go. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a thing. Might as well just lean into my my previous life. <laughs> Previous, like you ever stopped being emo? Uh, I'm sad. No, no, I'm fine. <laughs> uh, Eli, where, where can people find you at? Twitter at Elijah Bates, Instagram at Brindlebeard. It's funny how much happier you are to say that when you don't have to follow like the 20 things that Jamie says. No. You feel much more confident. Well, with I just it. feel like I need. Emo night I feel like I, I feel like I need to stretch it out with Jamie because it's so long that I've got to like slow pan every single time. <laughs> Uh, com. that's the website you can find all the top stories throughout the week in the world of professional wrestling at Wrestling Sheet on social media youtube.com slash c slash wrestling sheet that's where we post all the videos throughout the week that's where we got the Ron Smackdown recaps of myself and John Roca. we've got the double or nothing review that I did with Jennifer Decker aka Jen Sturger and we've also got an interview that I did with sick Nick Mondo Former deathmatch wrestler who directed the John Moxley hype videos, the one that was the Times Up video for New Japan and the Prison Break video. We got some fun <laughs> insight from him on the making of those videos. So make sure you guys check all those videos out. And if you want to just listen to uh, most of those, I didn't put the Nick Mondo one there, but if you want to listen to most of our shows, uh, just while you're driving around or working out or you're probably not working out, but probably driving around for the most part. Uh, I'm not working out, I guess, while I listen to it. So that's why I feel that way. We're not all working out. Only Eli's working out. Uh, but you can listen to our podcasts. It's on most major podcast platforms. Just search Wrestling Sheet Radio. Okay, that's it. We're done. Officially tapping out. Until next time, stay out of the dirt and keep your eye on the sheet. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. People notice a healthy smile, but maybe you have tooth sensitivity, bleeding gums, or acid-weakened enamel. Sensodyne, Paradontax, and Pronamel are trusted specialty toothpastes created to help improve your oral health 
For tooth sensitivity, choose Sensodyne. Bleeding gums, get Paradontax. For acid-weakened enamel, Pronamel is the toothpaste for you. Sensodyne, Paradontax, and Pronamel. Trusted specialty toothpaste to help bring home your healthy smile. Visit Ibotta to earn cash back. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.